The Rebbe says, we discussed many times the saying of the Shalah, that all of the Yom Toivim of the years, even the ones with Rabbonon, have a connection to the Parshish of the Torah in which they fall. From this we understand that the Chag HaGeula of Yudbeiz Yudgimel Tammuz, when the Rebbe de Shver, when the free Yudhik Rebbe was completely released from prison and from his Golos, has a connection to the Parshish of Chukas and Bolo. Clearly when the Rebbe said the Sikha, it's both of those Parshish. And the Rebbe says within this itself, there are three points. Number one, the connection to Parshas Chukas. Number two, the connection to Parshas Bolok. And finally, the Rebbe says, the connection to both Parshias together. As, as discussed a number of times, says the Rebbe, when, when two Sedris and two Parshias, our are connected. And we read both of them together on the same Shabbos. And the way we read them, the way they're connected is that they are becoming one Sedra. In other words, is divided into the seven people that are called up to the Torah. The same seven people as would be a regular parsha now is over the two parshias and one haftorah for both together and other ways how we see this. And therefore it's understood that in addition to the individual content that there is in each one of these sedres for itself, there's also a certain common theme in both parshias together and that's why they could actually be joined together. And therefore we need to see the connection between Yudbeis Tammuz also to, to the connection of Chukas and Bolok together, to their common theme, as is emphasized in the Kvis of this year, that Yud Beis Tammuz falls out on Shabbos, Parshas, Chukas and Bolok. The Rebbe says, the name of the first Sedra is Chukas. The simple translation of the word Chukah is a command that we don't have a reason for it. And we do it only because Hashem gave us this law, Hashem gave us this decree. This is the will of Hashem beyond any logic and reason. The idea of chukah in avoidus ha'adam, in a person's service to Hashem, is the avoid of mesiras nefesh, going completely beyond logic, beyond reason. Because seichel intellect could only find reasons to do the kind of things that are somehow going to enhance and going to bring to the shleimus, to the completion of the person. But not to completely put your life on the line and have mesiras nefesh, to lose your whole identity and your whole mesiras. That Seichel doesn't have the explanation, the, 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 won't lead you to. In fact, says the Rebbe Chassidus explains with us the reason why we don't have the idea of Mesiras Nefesh explicitly in Torah Shemiksav, because Torah Shemiksav is on the level of Chachma, of intellect, and Mesiras Nefesh is that which is beyond Chachma, beyond Tam Vadas, beyond reason. Says the Rebbe, now we can see the connection between Chagag Ula of Yud Beis Tammuz and Parshas Chukas. Because the avoid of the Bala Gu'ulava Asimcha, the avoid of the free Dikarebbe, for spreading Torah in that country at the time in Russia, for which he was arrested, was clearly in a way of Chukas, was the kind of Mesiras Nefesh that goes beyond reason completely. He's one man alone that's standing up against the decrees of a very, very strong, powerful and cruel government in a country which according to the situation then, it was almost impossible to go out of the borders of Russia, and yet, completely not taking into consideration any of these dangers and these things that could get in the way, he completely gets involved in his work for spreading Torah and Yiddishkeit with Mesiras Nefesh. Now the Rebbe points out that the name how we call the Sedra, we don't call it Chukas HaToyra, but we just call it Chukas Plain. And the Rebbe explains the reason. The chukah of Parah Aduma, about which is being discussed in this parsha, is unique even from other chukim in the fact that it's completely 
not within the within the realm of understanding. And this is why we find that even Shloima HaMelech, who was of course the wisest of all men, said that on all the other things, I'll call Elah Madati, all other things he was able to understand. But Parsha shall Pora Aduma, the Parsha of Pora Aduma. So the Pasuk uses the term and says, Amarti Echkamo, I thought I'll be wise, I thought I'll be able to understand it. But it's very, very far from me. He's not able to comprehend it. The Rebbe says, this is actually also why in this Pasuk it says, Zois Chukas HaToyra, as if this is the Chukah of the Torah. Almost as if it's the only Chukah. Because it, this chukah compared to other chukim is also on the level of a choik, meaning that is the ultimate of a, a choik, the real choik that's completely, completely beyond the realm of understanding. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why this sedra is not only called, it's not called chukas ha but we just say chukah, just simply chukah, chukas. Why is that? Because even though regular chukim are higher than seichel, but still, the other chukim are at least the kind of laws that the logic of the person could at least agree to do it. In other words, a person also understands, even Seichel understands, that we can't rely completely solely on logic. We have to do certain things that we don't understand. But that's as long as these are chukim, these are things that are not going contrary and against logic and against Seichel. In other words... Yes, with my understanding, I might not know the reason for something specific, but I, I understand at least, or at least I'm not completely opposed to the idea that there, are, that there is much deeper reason in this, and in other words, there is some sort of reason, it's just higher than what I can understand right now. However, when we come to Paraduma, is the kind of choik which completely doesn't seem to have anything to do with logic at all. It goes against logic. It goes against seichel. It goes completely even what you would call the chachman seichel of Torah. And this chukah, a yid is fulfilling with an absolute tenuah of complete bitul to Hashem. So that's the pshat chukas, not chukas at Torah. That's the way we call it. In other words, Torah would still represent that if there is something to do with seichel, the Seichel of Torah at least, and Chukas is saying this is no, this is truly, completely beyond any form of Seichel, and we're just doing it with Bittu to Hashem. It's just Hashem's desire. Says the Rebbe, the same thing we can apply in Mesiras Nefesh. There is the kind of Mesiras Nefesh that is somewhat still related to a certain calculation, true a calculation of Kedusha, but at the end of the day, it's still a calculation. That means person is ready to go on Mesiris Nefesh, but he's first checking in Shulchan Aruch, I, am I in fact obligated in this particular case to go on Mesiris Nefesh according to Torah? That's, we would, that's what we would call Chukas HaTorah. In other words, it's a Chayk and it's Mesiris Nefesh, but it's commanded about in the Torah and it's measured according to Torah, according to the Seichel and Chacham of Kedusha. And that's why there's still somewhat of, of a limitation there. But then there's a kind of Mesiras Nefesh where we're not making any sorts of calculations at all. This is the kind of Mesiras Nefesh that we just call Chukah. Simply Chukah, not Chukas HaToyra. In other words, it's higher in a certain sense than the concept of Chukas HaToyra because it's coming from a part of the Neshama, the very essence of the Yid, which in its root is even higher than Torah. As Chazal tell us, there's certain things that precede the world including Torah, of course, but then it says, the thought of Yidin, in other words, Hashem's thought of Neshamas Yisrael, precedes everything, even comes before Torah. And therefore, because of this essential bond, 
that a Yid has with Hashem, which is higher than Torah, therefore is the Mesiras Nefesh of the Yid to fulfill Hashem's will, is, is completely higher than any sort of limitation, any sort, sort of calculation. And this is the kind of Mesiras Nefesh that we found by the Bala Geula, the one who's Geula and Simcha, was celebrating the free of Rebbe. And the Rebbe explains how that is. The spreading of Torah and Yiddishkeit of the Bala Geula Vasimcha. Obviously extended over many, many different aspects. The Friedrich Rebbe was sending Rabbonim and Shochtim in areas where they were lacking. The Friedrich Rebbe set up mikvois. He was establishing yeshivas for older Bachrim and Chadorim for Tinoike, Shobes Rabbon for children and so on. But the main decree of the government for which was the main reason why the Friedrich Rebbe was arrested was not so much because of his spreading Torah and strengthening Yiddishkeit amongst the, amongst the grown-ups, the, the, elder, the elderly Yidden and the adults, but primarily it was because he was involved in Chinuch Tinoike Shel Beis Rabban. And notwithstanding all the dangers, the Friedrich Rebbe put himself into this sort of work with an extra sturm, with extra strength, with extra excitement, enthusiasm and fire, and with a, in, in a particular uh, strong, much greater sort of dedication. And seemingly, seemingly you could ask the question, yes, it's true that we need to spread Torah and strengthen Yiddishkeit. But why does it need to be in a way that Alpiteva, according to nature, there doesn't seem to be any chance for success? Seemingly it would be much better to be involved with spreading Torah, the type of work where you could have success even according to nature and not get involved in the type of work which is, by nature, putting in danger all the rest of the work of spreading Torah in all other areas. The Rebbe says the question is even greater. How do you put into danger the strengthening of Torah, mitzvahs, and Yiddishkeit of the adults who are obligated in Torah and mitzvahs for the benefit of learning Torah and teaching Torah to Tinoi Keshul Beis Rabban who are not even obligated? Says the Rebbe, the, the answer is, that the avoid by the free Rebbe was in a way of the true chukas, mesiras nefesh, beyond any sorts of calculations. In other words, the free Rebbe knows that since his shlichus as a nasi Yisrael, that needs to be concerned for the, for the continuation of Klau Yisrael, and this is of course dependent on the limud of tinoike shol beis rabon, famous Maim Chazal that says, if you don't have the young goats, then you won't have the older goats. If you don't have the young children learning Torah, you won't have the, uh, the adults. Therefore, he put himself in with the greatest Mesiras Nefesh to build Chadorim, to, to keep, uh, to, uh, for the upkeep of these Chadorim, of these very, very little ch- children. Ah, you're going to say, according to Teva, according to nature, it doesn't seem to be that this work is going to be able to continue for any sort of lengthy period. And therefore, it doesn't seem to have any chance for any sort of success. So when would that be true if the Mesiras Nefesh is a limited Mesiras Nefesh and measured according to the calculations of Seichel, of Seichel, of Torah, then there's room for these sorts of arguments. But since we're speaking about the Rebbe's Mesiras Nefesh, it was in a way of Chukas. In a way of Chukas, this type of Mesiras Nefesh, there's no room for calculations at all. Whether it will be successful, whether Chaz V'Shalom won't be successful, whether he will even be saved or chas v'shalom not, that's all Hashem's department. The Rebbe says, similar to what it says by Hananiah, Mishol, Vazari, they say to Nebuchadnezzar, if they will have the schus, Hashem will save them. But even if not, as they say, even if not, they're still not going, they're still not going to bow down 
to the image, to the Avoid Dezara. In other words, even if they're not going to be saved, so it's not because they realize, and they're, this is what they're saying, that it's not because Nebuchadnezzar has any choice and permission to kill them. It's not up to him at all. It's clearly going to be from Hashem. If that's what Hashem wants, that's what's going to happen. Nebuchadnezzar could only be a messenger of Hashem to accomplish this. In a similar way, is what the Rebbe is saying, the Friedrich Rebbe is, is basically not taking any calculations, even if Chas V'Sholem, he won't be saved. The Rebbe continues. This level of Mesir HaSnefesh in a way of Chukas, we saw by the Friedrich Rebbe throughout all of his Nesiyas years of this physical world, while he was at the, the Nasi, the 30 years of his Nesiyas, which generally can be divided into periods of approximately 10 years each. The first set of 10 years, approximately 10 years, was connected to this avoided that we were speaking about, spreading Torah Yiddishkeit in a situation where there was Sakonos Nefoshes Bapoyal Mamish, real actual Mesiras Nefesh. Then we have a second period where the Friedrich Rebbe is living in a country where there were many, many other Yidden and it was an appropriate place to spread Torah Sachsidus in a very, very broad way. But now this was connected with other sorts of Agbalis, other sorts of limitations which the Rebbe calls Vayekanu Boy Echov. Of course, the term used by Yosef, his brothers were jealous of him. The Rebbe does not elaborate about this over here, but clearly it seems like the Rebbe is speaking about the fact that there were many other Frum Yidin that didn't really like the avoid of the Friedrich Rebbe spreading Chassidus. But the Friedrich Rebbe, knowing, again, the Rebbe is borrowing the term, what says by Yosef, that Yosef was doing his thing, and the brothers were jealous, but the next thing it says is, Vaaviv Shomares Hadover. Simply means his father Yaakov sort of guarded the matter, kept the matter in mind. Here the Rebbe is applying it to Hashem Aviv, that knowing the Friedrich Rebbe, knowing that Hashem placed on him a mission of spreading Torah and Chassidus, so he did this all with Mesiras Nefesh. And finally, the third period in what the Rebbe calls Chatsi Kadra Tachtun, the lower hemisphere, the lower part of the world, where for many many years there was the attitude that America is different. And that in America and the United States, so chas v'shalim, people can't conduct themselves, b'shleimus, in the way that a yid is supposed to conduct themselves. Here, the Friedrich Rebbe has to stand against a massive, massive um, attitude of the people, going against the current of the people. And a, a plant over there, Torah and Chassidus, in a way, which again, in an external way it seemed like, there's no chance... That, this, that, that, that it's possible to do this. The Rebbe says, as mentioned, all of these, these three tkufos were connected with unlimited Mesiras Nefesh, obviously in each one of these periods in its own unique way. And the Rebbe elaborates. You cannot compare the avoid of Mesiras Nefesh. In the second two periods, again, the time when the Friedrich Rebbe is in Poland and in America, to the Mesiras Nefesh of the first period, when it's actual sakonis, the foshes, bopoyal mamish, it's literal danger to one's life. Furthermore, says the Rebbe, in spreading Torah, in the work of spreading Torah at the time, the Friedrich Rebbe was putting in danger not only his own life, but he's also sending other people on various different missions that are connected to sakonis, the foshes. Says the Rebbe, and for the Friedrich Rebbe, this is a Mesiras Nefesh, to put another yid in danger, 
is even a greater Mesiris Nefesh, a deeper Mesiris Nefesh than putting his own, his own physical life in Sakonas Nefeshis. Furthermore, says the Rebbe, there were situations where those Shluchim, those people that were doing the work for the Friedrich Rebbe, were discovered by the government, and they were sentenced to be sent away, and to torture and so on. And yet, what happened the very, very next day? The Friedrich Rebbe needs to stand in that same form of Mesiras Nefesh and choose another year to send him to, to fill the place of this Shliach that just went missing. So this is the first period of Mesiras Nefesh. Clearly, in a certain sense, that's the most difficult one. But on the other hand, says the Rebbe, the second period is in a very, very different way. And in a certain sense, even more difficult in a certain way, when he asked to overcome all of the arguments, all of the complaints of what again the Rebbe refers to as Ech of his own brethren, of other Yidin, of other Frumi Yidin, of why do you have to do it this way, why can't you do it in a different way, and yet he continues his work. And the Rebbe says in a certain sense, this is even more difficult than the previous Mesiras Nefesh, and therefore it needs a whole new kind of Mesiras Nefesh, a deeper Mesiras Nefesh. The Rebbe says, all of this is of course different to now the Mesiras Nefesh in the third period, when you need to make sure that not to be Nispal, and you need to go ahead against the current, not to be worried about all of this, the people laughing at you, and from the people trying to disturb you. And furthermore, the Rebbe says, what is the Friedrich Rebbe doing? He's not just sufficing with building, so to speak, his own Daladamas, and just building up Lubavitch and so on. In fact, says the Rebbe, there were people that were coming and advising the Friedrich Rebbe, and saying, you know, why don't we just say, have the attitude of Aeneas Nafshi Yitzalti, we could take care of ourselves, save ourselves, and not have to try to fight the whole world. But what does the Friedrich Rebbe do? No. He throws himself into this work completely of transforming the whole country into a place of Torah. And the Rebbe says, Al Teva, according to nature, it doesn't make sense, it's not Shaykh, that the same person should have that same degree of Mesidas Nefesh in every single type of Avoidah. Because usually you would say a certain Avoidah in which you're more leaning to, you're more Shaykh to, so those that are kinds of, and you have more of a kachin, that's the area where your Mesiras Nefesh is going to be greater than in other types of Avoidah. How could you have the same kind of amazing Mesiras Nefesh in every single type of different Avoidah? So the Rebbe says the idea is that by the Friedrich Rebbe was shining the Nakuda of Mesiras Nefesh that comes from the very, very essence of the soul. And therefore, his, the whole essence, his whole essence is Mesiras Nefesh. There's no difference in what form specifically it's going to take, it's going to play out, and where it's going to express itself. In every type of Avoidah, there's that same essential Mesiras Nefesh. So this was all the explanation of the concept of Chukas. In other words, again, going to the essence completely higher than Seichel, and having that Mesiras Nefesh, the connection of Yudbeis Tamus to Chukas. The Rebbe now moves on to the connection between the Chag Ga'ula and Parshas Bolok. Chazal tell us that Balak hated the Yidin more than anybody else, more than all the other anti-Semites. And this is why he got up there to try to deal with the Yidin, to try to harm the Yidin, even though the Yidin weren't even allowed by Hashem to go into his land. They were commanded, You shouldn't place a siege of Mayav, you shouldn't start war with them. 
So Bullock seemingly had no reason to fight the Yidin. And yet he couldn't stand the Metzius of Yidin. He just couldn't handle Yidin. Couldn't tolerate Yidin. Furthermore, even after he himself saw that he won't be able to get up and stand up against the Yidin and fight them, so he puts in lots of effort to bring down another person, a Bilam, all to be able to harm the Yidin. Says the Rebbe. In a similar way, we find by the imprisonment and the Geula of the Rebbe, of the Friedrich Rebbe, the avoid of spreading Torah was, in a way, as the Friedrich Rebbe writes in his famous letter regarding Yud Beis Tammuz. So he writes that this avoider was muteresi al According to the law of the government, what the Friedrich Rebbe was doing was actually not illegal. So the imprisonment and the gullus came just because of certain people that informed against the Friedrich Rebbe and were trying to specifically attack and take revenge against people that are shoimre, das moishem Yisrael, people that keep Yiddishkeit, which was actually, again, it was against what the government themselves, their laws was. There was no problem with the Friedrich Rebbe doing what he was doing. In other words, that because there were certain individuals that couldn't stand a from Yid, and they couldn't stand Yiddishkeit, they put in the greatest efforts, even going against the law, just to, to disturb the work of the, of the Rebbe. Says the Rebbe, but just like what ended up happening by the story of Balak and Bilam, that not only didn't Balak accomplish what he was trying to accomplish, which was orally as HaMazet to curse the Yidin Chaz Shalom. On the contrary, by hiring Bilam, it actually brought that the Yidin should be benched, and through Bilam himself, who in fact hated them even more than Balak, and what does Bilam bench them with the greatest brachos? As the pasuk says, "Vayafoy Hashem lekecha l'cha Hashem transformed the curse into blessing." In a similar way, he says the Rebbe by the Baal Agul of Asimcha that the very same people that arrested the Friedrich Rebbe ultimately themselves need were forced to help the Friedrich to the, the release of the Friedrich Rebbe, and in fact they actually also put in the effort that the Friedrich Rebbe should eventually be leaving Russia completely. So this was all the idea of Bolok. And now the Rebbe focuses on the connection between the Chagagula of Chukas Bolok together. And the Hoira in each and every one of our Avoida. And the Rebbe explains. The opposition that Bolok had against the Eden, at least for that you can still find some sort of logic, some sort of reason. As he himself says, he sends the message to Bilam, he says, that these Yidin are going to eat up our, our whole, whole surroundings, like an ox that eats up the grass of the field. And Moyev was terrified from the Yidin, as the Apostle says, so at least there's some sort of excuse for why he wants the Yidin attacked. But then there's a type of opposition against the Yidin, which is like in a way of chukas. And that's the pshat chukas bolok together. In other words, the opposition, the hate to the Yidin, which is represented by the word Bullock, is, is completely beyond any sort of Seichel and reason. Or even furthermore, against Seichel and reason, in other words, the idea of Chukas, completely beyond logic. In other words, not only isn't there a reason for the hate, but it goes against the Seichel to try to harm the Yidin. Because it's clear that you're not even going to be successful. And the Rebbe says, we find this in the story of Bullock and Bilam. And the Rebbe is focusing now on Bilam. Bilam knew how there's nothing that he's going to be able to accomplish. And being a Navi and hearing from the Abishter, Loi Sawyer do not curse the people. They are blessed. He knows that he's not going to be able to accomplish the curse the people. 
He himself says to Balak, Uchal Hashem, I will not be able to go against the word of Hashem. Only what Hashem puts in my mouth, that's what I'm going to be able to say. And yet, because of his deepest hate to the hidden, he can't contain himself, and he still tries to do what Balak asked him to curse the hidden. The Rebbe applies this now in our Avoidah, before looking at how this applies in the story of the Friedrich Rebbe. The Rebbe says in the Avoidah of each and every person, the Friedrich Rebbe explains in his famous Mimer of the Hilula in Basilagani that there's something called Shtus the Klippa. Shtus the Klippa means you're acting in a foolish way in, in the, on the side of Klippa. In other words, lower than reason. And the, and the Friedrich Rebbe says in that Mimer that there's many things that people do only because that's what the rest of the world does. And they become like a choik, they become like a law that it can't be moved, it can't be budged. He gives the examples over there of times of eating, times of sleeping, that usually can never be moved the times, at the very same time that this very same person, chas v'shalom, has a situation that the concept of setting a time for Torah and Tfilah is chas v'shalom not in such a permanent way. Sometimes it gets even pushed off completely chas v'shalom. This idea doesn't make sense at all. It has no room in Seichel. So this is again the idea in Avoida, this idea of the chukas bolok attitude. In other words, not, in other words, doing things against Kedusha, but not even in a Seichel, the way in a way that doesn't even make sense. But the Rebbe says, when we have the Avoida of chukas in the Kedusha, the sense, the Shtus of Kedusha, going higher than Tam Vadas, Again, as the Rebbe explains there in the Mimer, then we have the ability to transform the Shtus of Klippa to Shtus of Kedusha. And the Rebbe now applies this to the story of the Friedrich Rebbe. This idea of Chukas Bolag, that's the kind of opposition the Friedrich Rebbe had. The Rebbe says it's known that, the Rebbe refers over here in, in an initial Lamed, stands for Lulav, for whatever reason the Rebbe doesn't want to say the name of it, it's brought in the regime of the Friedrich Rebbe. But anyways, he was one of the two Yidden that actually arrested the Friedrich Rebbe. And when he, when he arrested the Friedrich Rebbe, he wanted to carry the, the, the bag of the Friedrich Rebbe. And what he said was, Chsidim, Blyben, Chsidim, Chsidim, remain Chsidim. He says, my Zayda carried the bags of your Zayda, referring to the Rebbe Maharash, so I want to carry your bag. In a, on, a, in a, on a later occasion, it also happened, that the same person, when he was speaking to the Friedrich Rebbe, he expressed himself and he called him Rebbe. In other words, on the one hand, he's acknowledging that this is the Rebbe. The Rebbe says it's actually similar to something that the Mittler Rebbe said regarding the person that informed on the Mittler Rebbe and got him in jail, that, on, that even though he's against me and all of that, and yet he called him Rebbe. He says, Pivich Shile, in other words, his own mouth made him stumble. He recognizes that this is the Rebbe. In other words, what, was, what, what ended up being sort of, what he blurted out of his mouth was really that which was Bepnimius. He recognized that this is the truth. That this, in the case of the Mittler Rebbe, that that's the Rebbe. And in a similar way, he says, that's the story by the Mittler Rebbe. In other words, that, he, that the Mittler Rebbe was saying that this person really recognizes that he's the Rebbe. And the Rebbe applies the same thing by the story of the Friedrich Rebbe. That the fact that this Jew expressed himself and spoke like that to the Friedrich Rebbe, it's because deep down inside he knows the Emes. So that's on the one hand. But even though he knows the Emes, despite that, especially the Friedrich Rebbe warned him that eventually he'll end up, uh, end up suffering for all of this. And it actually ended up happening that all of those people that arrested the Friedrich Rebbe, the government eventually punished them. And yet what's, what he's doing against the Friedrich Rebbe, 
This opposition is a way of completely doesn't make sense, because again, he knows who the Friedrich Rebbe is, and yet he's acting with this terrible way against the Friedrich Rebbe. But by the Friedrich Rebbe acting also in a way of chukas, with the Mesiras Nefesh going completely higher than Tam Vadas, that ultimately was Mavatl nullified all of the opposition, and in a way, as it says in the Haftarah, that all the enemies, etc., in other words, that, 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 that they're all gone and so on. And furthermore, I said before, that they themselves had to free the Friedrich Rebbe. And as a result of that, they even end up, ended up gaining a new Yom Tif. And ultimately, this will be Mahapar the whole month of Tammuz. L'sasin u'l'simcha u'l'moyadim toivim b'karev mamash.